It's Tuesday, and that means it's time for another episode of Poet Kind Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Mulder, and this week, I'm going to continue that little chat I started last week about creative block and procrastination. I'll also have a poem of the day, this time by Walt Whitman. But first, how many of you, when you were kids, or perhaps adults, played with a woven finger trap? Don't be shy. Raise your hand. Or if you happen to be playing with one right now, raise both hands. For me, creative block feels like being stuck in one of those traps. The harder I battle with it, the tighter it becomes. And there are only two ways to get out of one of those contraptions. Relax and allow it to loosen, and you'll be able to gently extricate your fingers. The other option is to pull like a maniac until the veins in your forehead bulge and you rip it to shreds. One approach is much more zen and way less embarrassing. It has taken me years to realize that the harder I fight against block, the more stressed, frustrated, and ineffective I become. I have heard of folks who simply don't experience creative block of any sort. Well, just bless. And that's all I'll say about that. For the rest of us, block is a very real entity and trips us up at the most inopportune times. Or perhaps just the right times. Like when we've dug ourselves into a creative rut or are on the verge of discovering a new aspect of our creativity. I find this last one to be especially true. As a visual artist, I've struggled with creative boredom. I can't manage to paint in a series or theme for very long to save my life. My style fluctuates, and I was told by a well-meaning professor that this is exactly why I would never succeed. Again, just bless. The curious thing is that as a writer, I am experiencing something similar. I lay out plans to focus with intention on a single direction or theme, and I am left with a hundred half-written pages of linguistic slop, or just the opposite, not a single word or image. Now, last week I talked about procrastination, and I think this is also part of the creative block process. Distraction. Maybe if I don't look the poem directly in the eye, I'll be able to sneak up on it. Or if it thinks I'm going to go shave the cat, maybe it'll get curious and show up. Not that I would shave the cat, but I may do a thousand other things like rewatch past episodes of Game of Thrones looking for moments that would make me feel like Cersei deserved the kinder, gentler ending she received. Or confirm my prediction of who's going to come out on top this coming Sunday. I have my theory. Anyway, procrastination, distraction, to-do immediately lists are all ways of dealing with a creative block. This is where that finger trap feeling kicks in. I'm fighting against myself, and the more I wrestle, the more I pull, with that intense desire to write, the more its absence makes me struggle. This is when it takes sheer force of will to put down all the books I'm reading, turn off all the shows, okay, the only show I'm watching, turn off social media, look at my list and say, not today, and get alone. In Eternal Echoes, John O'Donohue wrote, the mystic Thomas A. Kempis said that when you go out into the world, you return having lost something of yourself. Until you learn to inhabit your aloneness, the lonely distraction and noise of society will seduce you into false belonging, with which you'll only become empty and weary. 
When you face aloneness, something begins to happen. Gradually, the sense of bleakness changes into a sense of true belonging. This is a slow and open-ended transition that is utterly vital in order to come into rhythm with your own individuality. He goes on to say, it takes years to bring your mind home. I love that last bit. Bring your mind home, because that's what it feels like when you finally reconnect with your creative source, whether it's writing, painting, whatever your work. When you can shed the distraction, all those things that take your mind far from home, it's a true homecoming when it happens. I don't know if there are really any tried and true tactics that will obviate block for everyone, but discovering those things that bring you home to yourself can open the door. Today I'm going to read Song of Myself 2 by Walt Whitman. Houses and rooms are full of perfumes. The shelves are crowded with perfumes. I breathe the fragrance myself and know it and like it. The distillation would intoxicate me also, but I shall not let it. The atmosphere is not a perfume. It has no taste of the distillation. It is odorless. It is for my mouth forever. I am in love with it. I will go to the bank by the wood and become undisguised and naked. I am mad for it to be in contact with me. The smoke of my own breath echoes, ripples, buzzed whispers, love roots, silk thread, crotch and vine, my respiration and inspiration, the beating of my heart, the passing of blood and air through my lungs, the sniff of the green leaves and dry leaves, and of the shore and dark-colored sea rocks, and of hay in the barn, the sound of belched words of my voice loosed to the eddies of the wind, a few light kisses, a few embraces, a reaching around of arms, the play of shine and shade in the trees as the supple boughs wag, the delight alone or in the rush of the streets or along the fields and hillsides, the feeling of health, the full noon trill, the song of me rising from bed and meeting the sun. Have you reckoned a thousand acres much? Have you reckoned the earth much? Have you practiced so long to learn to read? Have you felt so proud to get at the meaning of poems? Stop this day and night with me and you shall possess the origin of all poems. You shall possess the good of the earth and sun. There are millions of suns left. You shall no longer take things at second or third hand, nor look through the eyes of the dead, nor feed on the specters in books. You shall not look through my eyes either, nor take things from me. You shall listen to all sides and filter them from yourself. To quote O'Donohue again, this time from his book To Bless the Space Between Us, he wrote, A good beginning is half the work. There seems to be a wisdom here when one considers all the considerations, hesitation, and uncertainty that can claim our hearts for such a long time before the actual act of beginning happens. Sometimes a period of preparation is necessary where the idea of the beginning can gestate and refine itself, yet quite often we unnecessarily postpone and equivocate when we should simply take the risk and leap into a new beginning. How true this is. We allow so many things to usurp our vision 
our time, our inspiration. I don't think it's possible to completely overcome block, but I do believe we can grow our way into being able to, as Whitman puts it, listen to all sides and filter them. And then maybe we can come home to our own mind with all that we have learned. That's it for today's episode of Poet Kind Podcast. Thank you for spending some time here and for your continued support. If you have a few minutes, I would love for you to share your ways of dealing with creative block. Send them our way. Send me a voice recording at poetkindpodcast at gmail.com, and maybe I'll play some of them on the air. Mm. That's it for today's episode of Poet Kind Podcast. Thank you for spending some time here and for your continued support. If you have a few minutes, I would love for you to share ways you deal with creative block. Send me an email or a voice recording at poetkindpodcast at gmail.com. And maybe I'll share some of those on a future episode. Or leave a comment on Instagram or Twitter. Both are at poetkindpodcast, all one word. And I'll share some of those as well. As always, let's continue to compare notes, not compare ourselves. Let's learn and grow together, shall we? Remember, if you like what you find here, leave us a review on your preferred listening platform. When you do this, it lets them know we're bringing something good to the table. One last thing, I'm going to close this week with a final quote from Mary Oliver. Poetry is a life-cherishing force, and it requires a vision, a faith, to use an old-fashioned term. Yes, indeed, for poems are not words, after all, but fires for the cold, ropes let down to the lost, something as necessary as bread in the pockets of the hungry. Yes, indeed. So until next time, be generative, create the life you long for now, and enjoy the rest of this day.